Hello everybody, my name is Andrew, and you are listening to Episodic Memories. Sitting across from me, as always, it's the Postmaster General of PBS, Mark Gonzalez. Mark, how you doing? Doing great. I like that one. I yeah. like that one a lot. Um, stay tuned for after the show. Mm. I'll be hosting Masterpiece Theater. Ooh, what's coming up on Masterpiece Theater? This week on Masterpiece Theater, I will be introducing... A series of the best introductions to Masterpiece Theater featuring Alan Cumming. Wow. Wow. A national treasure. It's a solid two and a half hours of him stepping out and saying, (laughs) tonight on Sherlock. Ooh. And he bamfs away in one of them, but only for a second, so keep your eyes open. You got to keep your eyes open, and it's it's for like a retelling of Faust. Mark, Easter. It happened... Yesterday. Yes, it did. What did Easter Bunny get you? A uh, whole lot of sadness for the most Ouch. part. It's a lot. Uh, that's uh, that's a shame. Yeah. As we talked about this last episode, mm-hmm. my, my grandmother died. Yes. And so she would always tie the whole family together. Andrew would come out for Easter often as not. Yeah. And uh, this time with her passing, we... You're just, are you postponing it? Or are you just not doing it? My mom and I and Katie had like sandwiches, and that was pretty much it. it. Sounds like sad sandwiches. They were sad sandwiches. You know what the saddest sandwich is? Yeah. You do. Okay. Moving on. No. What? No. I'm asking. Yeah. What is the saddest sandwich? The saddest sandwich is a is a lone meatball sub. Ooh. Uh, just one single meatball, uh, one person eating a meatball eating one sub. meatball sub all by themselves because it's like yeah, it's pretty sad. It's just beef, mm-hmm. marinara, cheese, cheese, bread, yeah, another kind of cheese, mm-hmm. and you're saying I'm done, I'm just fucking done. Have we talked before either on this or on Best of the Best about trying to eat a sandwich while crying? Is 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 that something that like it's not? It's you're not making an effort. Like you're pulling it off in my life. I I, I don't think I've eaten a sandwich while crying, the, but like yeah, I idea, can see it happening. The idea, like I think that's the saddest gesture because it's it's like eating while crying. I think is sad. Is like is something is somehow sadder than just crying by yourself. What's sadder, eating while crying or eating while laying down in bed? Ooh, in the dark. I think which eat, is something we've seen. I mean, like that's like sad depression. Yeah. It's just like I and just eating by yourself in, in a darkened room yeah. in bed. But like eating while crying, I think from a third party viewer is like even is sadder because yeah. for some reason crying is is something that's like a that's a that's a whole you got your whole body involved basically. <laughs> but and you're probably peeing a little bit. But instead, you're you're. You have to you have to sustain yourself, but you're just so overcome with sadness that yeah. you're crying. So eating, but eating a big sandwich yeah. while crying, I think it gets even worse. Like I think you could get away with like I don't know what what's like like maybe like a tiny piece of bread while you're crying or something like that. You know, you just have to sustain some yourself. pita, yeah, some pita just so that your stomach doesn't tear itself apart but instead you're just like you got this big old hoagie yeah and you're just like <laughs> oh, oh god so good oh, so, sad. <laughs> oh. 
So that's what I imagine what this, this Easter situation was Pretty like. Much. It was, it was just, very sad. Just, it was ha- very just sad. ham sandwiches and... And, but you're just like, this is good ham. This yeah. is great. Well, you and I had talked about this, that at at the wake, we should have just had a spiral cut ham. Yeah. And you, said, can, you can't be sad with ham around like that. Yeah. I've never been in, there's never been a situation in my life where I've said everything was going fine until the spiral cut ham showed up. <laughs> and then it all just went fucking south. Then everything south. went to shit. It's always like, ah, it was kind of lame. It was real shitty. But then guess. There was a spiral cut ham. Guess who came? <laughs> The spiral cut ham. Cheered everybody up. It was delicious. It came out of the oven. It was glowing. They'd been basting that thing for days. Glistening. It had pineapple rings on it. I love it. You know, and then you eat the pineapple and taste like ham and pineapple. It's delicious. God. God damn it. God damn it. I wish I could go to that. (laughs) Go back to that terrible situation again and eat that ham again. (laughs) Mm. Anything else happening in your world? Uh, I'll be in Vegas this week. Yeah, performing at the Sahara. Yeah, two sets. Um, Opening for Don Rickles. The the 10 p.m. show, a little bluer than the 8 o'clock show. So, uh, So, you know, leave the kitties in the room. Bring a poncho. You will get wet. Yeah. (laughs) Now you're going for NAB. Going for NAB. The National Association of Broadcasters show. Yeah. Big old, big old, big old show. Four-day four conference, a lot of vendors. Just going to be fucking nuts. I'm working a, the booth. Yeah. Come and see me. Booth, babe. I am. Do you have, uh, do you know the location on the floor? Yes. Like F3? Oh, I should know this. We're in the drone pavilion. Mm-hmm. It should be like, it's like P188 or something. Yeah. So go ahead and look at your maps. Look at your brochures. Yeah. Go see go see Mark. He's handing out a lot of free prizes, a lot of, a lot of t-shirts. Bags. Frisbees. T-shirt cannons. All the swag that you can hold. No t- t-shirt not included. T-shirt is not included. But I'll it's give you a, a cannon. t-shirt cannon. It's just a t-shirt cannon. You have to put your own t-shirt in it. Yeah. You're not made of t-shirts, Mark. You can't load that in here. It's, it's, it's the same rules as a gun store. Yeah. No, it's you. It's got to be unloaded. Yeah, that's what I always say. If you're preparing, if you're preparing to aim a t-shirt cannon, you need to be able to. If you know, if you put your finger on the trigger, you have to assume that you're going to shoot you're going something to... with a t-shirt cannon. Yeah, that's it's just safety. It's just pure common sense gun t-shirt cannon safety. safety. Yeah. Uh well, that sounds like a real fucking disaster. Waiting to happen. Going to this NAB show. Have you been? You've I've, been you've been to NAB. I've never been to any sort of trade show. Really? It'll be fun. It sucks. <laughs> I've never um I've been I've been to NAB actually. Yeah. And I but I wasn't on the floor. I was like going to meetings and covering that for some freelance thing. Uh but there's just a ton of dudes there and you're just like I just want to eat something but like a, to wait for a Nathan's hot dog is like 45 minutes. No, I'll tell you right now, there's going to be two places that you can find me for the four days that I'm in NAB. America? It's I'm either going to be in the booth mm-hmm. from like 9 to 5, busting my hump. Yeah. Or you're going to find me at the MGA, MGM Grand for the all-you-can-eat buffet for 19.99. Ooh. Those are the two places I will be. Not Never your room. Never in my room. Never in your room. No. Sir, the floor is closed. Oh, 
Sir, the buffet is closed. Sir, where do you keep getting those crab legs? <laughs> no, you, sir, you can't take the steam tray. Sir, sir. So don't drink the water. Don't drink. <laughs> oh, God. How is it? Crabby. Tastes like everything. <laughs> I can't taste anything anymore. <laughs> uh, Vegas is fun, though. Right? Uh, we've been. Yeah. Or the Pinball Hall of Fame. You should go to the Pinball Hall of Fame. If the if the <laughs> if the buffet kicks me out, I'll be at the Pinball Hall of Fame. Yeah, play an Adams Family Machine. Yeah, sounds fun, Mark. But unfortunately, I have to tell you this: we have an episode of Episodic Memories that's happening to us. Yeah. So you thought it was bad before? It's about to get a lot worse. Yeah, Mark. This week, considering your stint as Postmaster General of PBS, I thought it'd be fun. Interesting, mm-hmm. ideal to maybe refer to a show, watch a show that. No, this wasn't your idea. This was my idea, Mark. It's called the illusion of radio. All right, uh, fine. I'm trying to paint a goddamn story right, over here. All right, go you ahead. know when go like ahead. comedians. Yeah, you no, know when no, comedians you're, you're, say no. You're trying to paint a picture, create a story, wherein you're the guy that's calling all the fucking no, shots. No, do you know? Do you know like when a comedian says so? uh the other day so the other day i was on an airline it doesn't no, you weren't. yeah exactly that's you that's you right now busting that guy's balls because you're like i know i know i know he wasn't on an airline i know it i it wasn't the other day if it was it was years ago yeah or maybe it was a friend i bet it was a friend i bet a friend was on the airline he like i bet it. tom papa was on the i bet tom papa was on tom the tom papa tom papa's the kind of guy that would fly <laughs> coach on delta no i i know yeah you I know, know. That's you. That's you right now. Fine. Go ahead. Spread your lies. Spread your rumors. Andrew's calling all the shots, and I'm just a guy that shows up whenever I fucking feel like it. Mark emailed me a couple times about ideas for the show, and we we bantered back and forth about some ideas, and then we decided to do BBC One's Keeping Up Appearances. Is that better? Is that better, Mark? Well, let me hear your version. So... As your as head of of PBS as yeah. Postmaster General of PBS, yes. I thought because it's your kingdom mm-hmm. that we would watch something that affects you directly, and that's BBC One's Keeping Up Appearances. Yeah, I liked yours better. Yeah, now who feels like a jerk? It's me. It's I'm us. telling you right it's now. Both it's of me. us. It's me actually. Keeping up appearances, Mark. What do you know about keeping up appearances? Uh, this was a show that was on the BBC. Yes. And then migrated over to PBS. Yep. You or anybody else, I didn't look up when the show aired, but you could tell me that it aired from 1986 to 1988, or you could tell me that it aired from 1999 to 2001. Either one, I would say, yeah, of course. That sounds right. This seems like a show that has existed for, because like... It's one of those shows that you just say the title and you're like, it just falls into that same. Uh, in my mind, this aired exactly at the same time as Are You Being Served? To be to be real fucking honest. But I'm I'm confident Are You Being Served was on in the 70s. Am I wrong? I we, I don't know. That's the thing. <laughs> that's know. the thing. I I've I was going into this show just as blind, and I was just like. Yeah, we're going to watch an old British sitcom. Yeah. And it's going to be it was on at the same time as Are You Being Served? Because it on PBS it, just it was. Seems, there was it a, just seemed like they, they yeah. 
It seemed like nothing had changed. That's the thing. As well, yeah, I'm pretty sure. It's like the same, yeah, the same, the same laugh track, the same weird the jokes. Same d- old dead people laughing at the jokes. But the issue is, like, by the time th- that show, both shows made it to the U.S. in the 90s, as I recall. They were both on PBS in the 90s. And it's kind of the same thing with um, the, the old um, Sherlock Holmes TV series. That was airing on A&E. Yeah, in the '90s, so I assumed that it was being made in the '90s. Turns out that show was on in like '84, '85, '86. Yeah. But I had no idea. Yeah, because you're just a dumb, uncultured American. Very much. I'd like to think that there's a podcast happening over the pond right now, talking about this brand new hit series, Caroline in the City. Well, that is being imported from the states. I mean, we have a sample. Of that podcast. Ooh, do we? Let's bring it up right now. Okay. Rathbone. Oh, yes. Have you perchance seen this latest series from the USA, <laughs> the, the Colonies? As you know, my... Fine sensibilities can't stomach these ugly American series too much. Oh, but I believe you'll enjoy this one. Oh. It airs right after Taxi. Oh, that new series as well. I haven't checked out either. I believe it's made by the same man. Oh, my. Oh, my goodness. Caroline City. Oh. Quite quite a laugh every (laughs) once in a while. A bit of a farce, if you ask me. Goodness, goodness. Is it in the same vein of Benny Hill? Again, I believe it's the same showrunner. National hero Benny Hill. How's your cognac? Oh, wonderful. Oh, man, that show sounds great. That sounds fucking great. God Those damn it. Why Brits can't are so on board with everything. That? God damn it. Mark, let's jump in with a segment we like to call Hey, 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 What's Going On Here? What's going on here? Mark, Keeping Up Appearances, premiered. Get ready, everybody. <laughs> premiered on BBC One on October 29th, 1990. 1990, okay. Which blew my mind. Yeah. I thought, I was like... 78 <laughs> 78 79 it ran for five series yeah that's how they do it they over don't there. do seasons they do series and uh it ran until december 25th 1995 mm. 44 episodes and two shorts the series was created by roy clark who did and i i'd like to it's weird because I consider myself like knowledgeable about television. Yeah. And then I was like looking at this list of like big series that this man Roy Clark had premiered or written and created, and I was like, I've never heard of any of these shows. Last of the Summer Wine. Open all hours. No. I have no idea. Directed also by Harold Snowd. Snod. S N O A D who directed a bunch of, he's a director-producer, directed uh, shows such as Dad's Army. No. 
Are you being served? Yes. And don't wait up. Nope. Again, I don't know. The episode we watched was from Series 1, Episode 4, entitled The Charity Shop and or A Fate Worse Than Senility. First aired... Just rolls right. Makes you ready to laugh. Yeah, just big, big <laughs>, laughs. Big laughs. First aired on BBC One on November 19th, 1990. But it, prob- it probably didn't get to... Does it... There's no way to know when it, it when aired it, in the when it U.S. Aired in the right? States. I have no idea. I, I mean, maybe you could track that information down, but it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't readily available. But it first premiered to the world on November nineteenth, nineteen ninety. I would guess a few years later, because like ninety three. I remember, like during the summer, um, watching. It, it, you know, it's like ninety three, ninety four. And you're a dumb kid just kind of waiting around because it's it's hot. And so uh, it was like Letterman, like Letterman would be on. Letterman would be on and then you'd like flip over and you'd flip the PBS and it's like, oh, are you being served? And then keeping up appearances like those were. Yeah, like the, that was the, the back to back block. And then it would be like ballet. Yes. American Masters or something. And it would just be a ballet show. And then like two in the morning. Two in the morning. You're it's like, like what is going Monty on? Python. Flying Circus would then be on, yeah. and then you'd like, be like, I don't get why, why is why is this? I, it's funny, I guess. It's weird. I think it's obvious the parrot's dead. <laughs> he shouldn't get a refund though. No. Well, how did the parrot die? We have no evidence. Yeah. No. He he might have killed that parrot. So that's the show. That's the show. It's it was nominated for several BAFTAs. Uh, it ran for five series. The reason it didn't go any further is because the main actress, the lead... Patricia Rutledge? Yes, decided to move on to other projects. So it's kind of similar to Murder, She Wrote, and yeah. the show probably could have run forever, but its lead just opted to not want to continue. Yeah. Mark, we open up with uh, some opening titles. This very kind of cheery piece of music uh we see the um the lead uh uh hyacinth hyacinth yeah hyacinth she goes to her bookshelf and she pulls off like an etiquette book yes and it's just her just kind of at a desk like very purposefully writing like a thank you card or something Mm -hmm. it's very again very similar to murder she wrote where it's just except instead of murder she wrote having her look like she's in uh Cabaco. Like, like a world, a living world. This is just some blank studio space that she's yeah. in making faces to the camera. She fills out an invitation and she lights a candle and she dusts something and tries like, to put the books back. She and, goes to sniff a flower. And there's a caterpillar in it. There's a caterpillar in it and she has this huge reaction to there being a caterpillar <laughs> like, oh no. Boing. And then she looks around like, hopefully nobody saw the caterpillar in my flower. She, yeah, it's like she does that and she shrugs and she's like, it's a living. Yeah. Big takes, big takes to the camera. So we open up act one. Uh, I, I also couldn't keep track of the act structure in this. To be honest, it was just everything was just happening. Do they not have commercials over there? I, I don't think they do. It's just boom because they pay they pay television taxes. Yeah, uh, so I think that's because well, it's state the, it's state funded. Yeah, the BBC is a government service. Yes, so you don't have to have commercials, I guess. A uh, postman arrives to give a letter to uh, Hyacinth, uh, and he announces that the letter is addressed to Bucket. 
Yeah. Which she then promptly, which is a running gag in this show, Mark. So get get ready for it if you watch another episode. All right. She pronounces. She says it's pronounced bouquet. bouquet. The stress is on the second syllable. Yeah. It yeah. Says, well, it says bucket. Yeah. Big laugh. Big laugh. It's bouquet. Big, Big laugh. laugh. Huge laugh. Like like falling out of their chairs. Also, th- this is a single cam series, but there is a laugh. But track. there's a laugh track, which is weird. What American shows did that? Like Sports Seinfeld. Night. Well, Seinfeld was multi-camera, but then it would go when whenever it would go out to. Oh no, that's 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 standard, right? That's I, completely it was, it, standard. It always, felt, it always felt weird when we just see exterior shots. Yeah, and you're and, like, and it's where, like, where is... did they truck in the the studio audience? Sports Night is a single camera that tried to use a laugh track. Get a life. Yeah, with Chris Elliott, they forced a laugh track on it. For some reason, works here. I'll be quite honest. It works here, I guess, because the, because because it because feels it's like British because it feels like they're playing to an audience. Yeah, definitely. Like that's that. the pacing of the show. Is it's like it's very Gilbert and Sullivan, where they're like you know big you know big line, big take, and it's like they pause. They almost pause for reaction. I feel yeah. like on some of the lines, the way it's cut. Even though there's obviously no there's audience, no there. reaction there. They just know that there's going to be people laughing. Uh, it's yeah. So, so this this uh, postman kind of gives her the business, and she's weirded out by the envelope. She's like, "I don't know who this." There's who, no like return address, right? Right, but she's weirded out because she's like, "Any miscreant could have licked this envelope. I don't want to risk let, such sickness. let alone what they could have done to the stamp." Big laugh, and I'm like, I don't know what the joke is. Why are we laughing? Well, it's I guess you know it's like setting up. I'll say for this that this show did a did an, a good job of like right out of the gate telling you who the fuck this character is. Well, I feel like I knew who every character was as soon as I met him because they just it's big and broad. Yeah, yeah, and like the husband comes down, Hyacinth's husband comes down. And he's like this beaten down kind of tired guy. Right, but he also is like confident that he's right, but he knows not to fight Hyacinth on anything. Right, he's just a he's a browbeaten husband. Yeah, but uh, before that, the uh, she asks if the if she's if the postman has anything from her son, and she says, "Well, my son always either calls or writes every every." Now time. this this seems like a runner. Yes, where I'm that, like, like, we're we never going to meet her son. Never meet her son. Right. If I had to take a guess, her son is just off at at prep school or something and will never ever ever because his mother is i thought that he was dead no i thought that he was like 20 oh i didn't think he was a teenager or at prep school i thought he was like 20 30 years old oh well um, i I, but there's but there's no indication that yeah how old the kid is so it could be anything you have no idea so uh he says well maybe he's trying telepathy big laugh big laugh again Hyacinth goes in to deal with her husband, Richard. She's yeah. like keeping, she's like straightening him up. She's brushing his coat. She suggests that he should try wearing a bow tie because he'll look more successful at work. Right. Because he's keeping up appearances. Now, this is very similar to something you wrote. <laughs> What's that? This is something very similar. I got very mad because I was like, wait a minute. They stole this from Andrew's short script years ago about like, 
Remember same day delivery? Yeah. Dressing for the job you want to have? Yes. Like, wait a minute. <laughs> they ripped us off oh, 10 years after the fact. Uh, Hyacinth says that she wears wear a bow tie because you look more managerial. Yeah. Richard leaves for work, and then Hyacinth runs into her neighbor, who just seems like she gets dragged along on Hyacinth's terrible adventures. Yeah. Now, her neighbor, like, steps out the door, sees Hyacinth, just kind of like smiles and waves, and we get a big laugh. Yeah, well, from the audience. So I'm like, she, well, she like says hello to Richard, and she's really nice to Richard. And then Hyacinth pops out the door, and she's like, Ugh. there's like a there's yeah. like a little bit of like a like a scared reaction. No, and, but again, it's this huge it's huge laugh based on this single look. And I was like, what is happening in yeah. this show? Uh, Richard leaves for work here. And uh, Hyacinth reminds her neighbor that they have to run the charity shop today. Well, before this, they have one. They have one joke. It, it stands out in my mind because I know it's actually a joke. Whereas other things that are happening in the show, I don't know are jokes. Mm-hmm. They just seem like weird lines, and then laughs follow them. Mm-hmm. But Hyacinth says to her neighbor, "Can't you see Richard in a bow tie? Oh, not from the back." And she says he's turned around. <laughs> And I think there's something about her delivery that it was be- it was a believable response of like I no I can't turn around. <laughs> um, th- so uh, she's like, oh geez, I forgot uh, the charity shop. And she's and Hyacinth is you can already tell it's like she's just using this to try and assert her power over this neighbor. Uh, yeah, and like but her you know she's only doing this charity shop thing to. Oh, it's all about superiority. Yes. She doesn't care about charity. We then cut to a woman creeping into a shitty bedroom. This like threw me for a loop until hey. I figured out who these people were. Yeah. A woman creeps into a shitty bedroom. She wakes up her like big fat oaf of a husband and she's like, There's somebody in dad's bedroom. And the husband's like, What's all this sin? I yeah. oof, oof, I've I don't give a give bangers and mash. Yeah. <laughs> The the woman says that there's some woman there's a there's a mystery woman that's sitting in her father's bedroom yeah and she doesn't know who it is mm-hmm. and the, the husband's like well oh well and so this woman's like well I'll have to call Hyacinth she uh, she does and Hyacinth uh, thinks it's her son right and then she answers the phone and it turns out this woman's is his name is Daisy. Right. Daisy is her sister. Yes. So now it's all starting to come together that it's like... Like, okay, they're both low class, but Hyacinth aspires to be high class, so she pretends... She puts on airs. Because she she also has, like, an upper class... Hyacinth has a higher class accent that's probably affected, whereas the sister has a very low class... A northern accent. Yeah. Yes. And... um, she says, "Oh, there's a there's a woman." Talks a little more like Michael Caine. <laughs> it was Sabandi. There's somebody in Daddy's room. <laughs> you were only supposed to blow, blow the, the doors, doors off of Daddy's, Daddy's room. room. Did I tell you I saw like I think it's called Movie Mojo or there's some website that makes clips of um like actors top ten roles or something. Mm-hmm. And I watched one for Morgan Freeman. It was one of his earliest earlier roles before Lean on Me mm-hmm. or Stand by Me. Yes, Stand. No, Lean. Lean on Me. Lean on Me. Yes. Before that, he played a pimp in a movie with Christopher Reeves, <laughs> and 
he is the least believable pimp I've ever seen. There's a now go out there and get me as much money as you can. Yeah. No, there's a hilarious scene where he they show this clip of and they're like his menacing performance as a pimp. <laughs> Uh, Don't make me use my pimp hand. Exactly. He's he's in a car with a woman, and he's like, "Where's my money?" And she's, <laughs> "Where's my money?" And then he breaks Andy a, Dufresne. He breaks a bottle and he puts it to the woman's <laughs> face, and she's like, "Not my face!" And he says, "It's my face, <laughs> my tits, my ass." <laughs> <laughs> so controlled and measured i'm like this is ridiculous he's, he's surely menacing me <laughs> my tits my ass my tits my ass <laughs> hyacinth is ready to roll and uh uh she gets this call from daisy so then hyacinth convinces the, the neighbor that they have to make a stop before they go to the charity shop right so they roll out and she makes the neighbor stop at a bigger house the neighbor's like I've never met your sister before. I've never met your sister before. What she like? Hyacinth is like, oh, she's you'll like her. She's great. Um, um, she lives in but, a house. But my dad, there's something. My dad's got something. I guess is how she phrases it. So, so right. the neighbor thinks that the dad is sick. Right. Because they stop at they stop at a big house, and she says, "Oh, I'll be right back out. I would invite you in, but I don't want you to catch what my my father has caught." Yeah. And she's like, oh, okay. So she sits in the car, and then Hyacinth leaves, and then it's this extended sequence of the fact that she sneaks. Three and a half minutes, I would say. She sneaks through, like, a rich uh, a rich, this rich house that she stopped, and so she's, she sneaks through back alleys to get to the actual. And backyards, and she, like, climbs over fences. I will say, I will say there is something to be said about the British reaction shot. Because at one point, Hyacinth is climbing the fence, and we cut to the people that live in the house. Yeah, and they're looking out the window. And it's like, like, like Why a, I a big take from the window, and it's always punctuated with like that huge roar of the yeah. studio. And audience. like somebody, a woman like patting her, she's like motions to somebody off because yeah. she's only through the window so she motions somebody and then another guy comes and he like looks and he <laughs> she yeah no the the woman like looks out the window sees hyacinth monocle falls out <laughs> husband comes over picks up monocle and he's like you dropped your monocle and then he looks his monocle yeah. falls <laughs> out <laughs> Warrior, never oh, this woman is climbing a fence yeah <laughs> oh no uh finally she gets through uh these alleyways and she like it's a bunch of like sight gags that aren't terribly good sight gags yeah she, like, there's has like to, a, there's somebody carrying like a bag like a bag and she runs and Hyacinth pa- r- bumps into the person and knocks like, the bag drops, out of their drops hand. the bag but it's not like a big like whoa it's like she just like drops her plastic just bag not paying attention like Matt. and she picks up her her plastic bag and then hyacinth comes, comes back, back through and, and, knocks, bumps it and knocks it over she like cuts through these this couple that's like kissing and she's so finally it's some of the lamest stuff i've ever seen it's like as they, far as sight gags yeah go. mr bean would be rolling over in his grave if he saw yeah. all these sight gags that just mr don't. bean also played a lot on pbs <laughs> and i love that mm, teddy yes mm, teddy that's all he says um so she finally gets to her her 
sister's house and it's a dump there's mm-hmm. a car in the front yard there's a dog living in the car so she walks past the car and the dog barks at her and she like clutches her purse and she's this has to be a, a running gag too that this bar this dog, this dog is, is always in this car and always barking at them i would make it a thing if that's the case where it's like she's like oh the dog's gone and then she like looks in the house window and like the dog's in that window and that's what i would do change it up no the dog's gone and so she comes inside. Then she's somebody asks. She's like, "I'm gonna make a a, a banga, I guess. I'm gonna a banga sandwich." And then she opens the refrigerator, and the dog's, dog's in, there. in there. She pulls up in her car. She, when she leaves, dog's, dog's in, in her, her car. car. Yeah. yeah, there now, you go. No, she leaves. So she walks out, and she sees the car speeding off. Oh, and then dog! The dog's dog driving, driving the car. Yes, signals. <laughs> there are turn signals on it. Dog doesn't have any elbows though, so yeah. it's hard to make a left. It's hard to, to make, make a right. You can only do rights, but <laughs> they're on the opposite side of the road, so you end up making more rights, anyways. It's <laughs> that's stupid. That's dumb. Uh, Hyacinth goes in and talks to Daisy. Daisy explains that there's a woman just sitting in her father's bedroom. Meanwhile, Daisy's slob of a husband, Onslow, is just kind of sitting around like a big fat oaf. He comes in, he turns on the television, and he's like. This is a good program on the television. Yeah, he like drinks a beer in yeah. the middle of the day and is watching a detective show. I think. Yeah, and he's got just this. He's just and he doesn't like, care about the woman in the dad's room. Yeah, it's someone's like someone's trying to take advantage of him in his in his reclining, reclining years. years. He's like, sounds like he's doing that already. <laughs> yeah, a lot of laugh, a lot of laugh. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So then Hyacinth... Hyacinth goes up and she confronts the woman who's this old bag. Yeah. Like, she's just, like, just an older woman who said that this this man, this father, who we who is sleeping... Yeah. ...said that uh, they, they need to get married. But they explain that the, the dad is, is adult. Senile. Yeah, yeah, he's senile. So he probably won't remember you yeah. when he wakes up. And she says, well, she has, she has witnesses. I have witnesses. I have witnesses. That's her, her lines are, we're getting married. Yeah. Or we're engaged, and I have witnesses. And that's all she says over and over again. And so they can't shake her loose from the room. She's going to sit there. They're going to get married. Hyacinth uh, heads back downstairs, and she says, well, I have to go to this charity thing. But they find out that, that the woman has a son. Yes. Who's 45. Yes. And this is why I think... Like I'm, it was hard. I was, I had a tough time kind of like discerning eight, like how old everyone was on Anybody this show. Anybody is in this thing because she says her son is forty five, but like Hyacinth is like, well, that's a very tr- tough year. It's to, a tough age. Yeah, it's a tough age of it for a son. But like, it made it seem like she had a much younger son. Like that's why I was confused. twenty is younger than forty five, <laughs> right? But like, if they send him off to like college, you know, he's like at Cambridge or Oxford or something, right? I guess. I don't know. She finds out the information about the son, so she's going to go talk to the son and get the son to get this woman out of uh, their right. hair. Another extended sequence of her sneaking back through Going the backyard. Going the exact same path back. Through the alleys. Another three and a half Over the minutes. fence. Another reaction shot of this couple who must have been standing in this window the yeah. entire time to watch this woman then she's pop. back <laughs> i guess yeah i guess like i've already re- i've just repaired my monocle and now it's shattered again no, again <laughs> no this is what happens when a 30 minute series doesn't have 
commercials. Six, six minutes of commercials. Yeah. You're like, well, people got to piss sometimes. It's, so it's just, it allows this big extended uh, extended sequence that would never ever ever make a cut in American television. Yeah, because it's just it's it allows it to breathe, but at the same time, it's a lot of physical comedy. And it's like, it's not terribly funny, though. It's very dry in terms of the fact of, like, what it is. I I don't know if there's a difference between dry humor and not, just not having jokes. So, like, seeing this woman climb over a fence and be like, oh, it's so hard to climb over this fence because I'm an old British woman. But but no. This isn't funny. No, the thing is, is that she, it's it's actually interesting because, like, you would expect her to not climb the fence because she's this prim proper British woman. But the fact that the matter that she does actually like scale this fence is when she comes back, there's like a long shot of there's a long close up of her hands going over the wall and then pulling up and doing this big googly eyed face. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I remember when you did this the first time. Right. The fact that they do it twice is not, is not terribly great, but it, there is something to be said that like, it's she is putting on airs i do get it i get the character yeah i appreciate that that like she's also she's as low class as anybody else she aspires to be upper class but only to get away from her her own heritage and let make sure everybody else in the neighborhood knows that she's better than them i get that that's fine yes but the fact that they do it twice and it's nothing but big big takes of the camera and reaction shots is a bit much Hyacinth uh, goes off then and gets back in the car with her neighbor, and she's like, well, we have to make another stop. Yeah. So they roll out again, and they roll out to... This too deep. Th- they roll, roll, rolling, rolling too deep. Yeah. Uh, five, six, rolling deep. <laughs> Hy- Hyacinth r- rolls up on this woman's son, who looks to be unloading stolen VCRs and televisions from the back of a van. Right, big laugh. And she, big laugh. She confronts him. Apparently but, the idea of, like... Domestic crime is really funny in England. Yeah, yeah, and like spousal abuse. Andy Cap taught us this for years. Yes, he did. Uh, Hyacinth confronts the son not about the TVs and VCRs, but she says, "You, your mother is is attempting to marry my father. It's not going to happen. Get her out of the house. You have an hour to get her out of the house." And he's like, "Well, I just got rid of her." And she's like, "I don't care. You have an hour to yeah. get rid of this fucking woman." And then she made some throat slashing <laughs> and then just pointed right at him. Yeah. No, she didn't. But it would have been funny if she did. They roll out to the charity sale where they meet with Counselor Nugent. Right. Who is this battle axe of a woman. She's this tall, very sharp-nosed British woman. Very, just mean, right? She's, she's mean. Hyacinth is but trying, Hyacinth like loves her and wants to get her attention. Wants to impress her because she's she's like on some board somewhere. She's in the social service, yeah. and but uh, counsel, uh, counselor Nugent is very against uh, public displays of like uh, 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 rom- uh, uh, I'm sorry, excess romantic behavior. Yeah, that's the phrase that they use. It seems that's the phrase that pays the place for days. It seems like she doesn't. She also doesn't like like private romantic display no she's like a pent-up like yeah. awful puritanical woman and uh she's she's like very angry about everything and she doesn't she's like oh the women shouldn't be uh, uh gussying themselves up for men it's only going to lead to disaster right like blah 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 
Uh, Hyacinth looks out the window and uh, appears to see a, a prostitute. A prostitute walking down the but, street. But, like, makes a big reaction, so she must know this prostitute. She I didn't realize that. There was just a huge laugh as she sees this pro- prostitute, and I was like... Oh, she's going to get mad that the prostitute's going to come She's mad that the... there's prostitutes who need clothes? Like, Jesus Christ, what is going on in this country? She cuts off this woman who we find out is Rose, who is another sister of hers. Right. Uh, Rose is trying to enter the shop... And Hyacinth cuts her off because she's dressed like a prostitute. I think I realized she was a sister when her name was also a flower. Yes. Uh, And then she also talks about their dad. Yes. And uh, Rose is like, well, I was going to show up and I'm going to give you all of these clothes that I can, I never want to use anymore because I'm done with men. I'm over men. Men are awful, evil. They'll just break your heart. And there's this runner of like, her joking about the fact that she like threatened suicide over a man before yeah and she's like well i'm not i i'm done with men i'm done with men i'm done with men i'm gonna drop these my best clothes off and it's right. like joke joke incoming joke. get ready get ready get ready guys she uh buckle uh, in guys here Hi- comes the joke hyacinth is like no I'll, I'll i'll take those in for you and she's like well oh, oh. and hyacinth basically wrestles this bag away from Rose, right? Goes back into the, uh, goes back into the shop. Joke. Here comes the joke, guys. Here it comes. Get ready. Get ready. Hyacinth so, opens the bag, dumps it out. Guess what's in there, Mark? Here comes the joke. You Business ready? Suit, slacks, scarves, maybe. Clothes. Hats. It's it's a b- big bag of hats. Women like hats. Underwear. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Well, I've never. Oh, goodness. Big laugh. Yeah. Hyacinth calls up Richard at work, and she's like, come help me deal with this woman with at, that's at my dad's place. Hyacinth shows up with Richard and Onslow and the son of the mother who's threatening to marry her father are, like, shoving the mother back and forth. And she's moving like a pendulum. Yeah. He's, he's like... Get rid, get out of here! And he's like, "No, she's going to get married." Get, get, get! I out don't want to hear. No, I. Well, we don't want to hear. And then that's all. And then that's she the keeps. Joke. And then she keeps saying, "I have witnesses." Yeah. And you're just like, "Okay, great." Like, this is dumb. Please, it's 22 minutes. Can't end fast enough. Rose arrives. It's 29 minutes. <laughs> oh dear God. Rose arrives, and so now the whole cast that we've seen up to this point, except for the neighbor, is uh, in this scene. Right. They go inside the house to argue about this thing. Counselor Nunjit then shows up. To return. She has the bag. The bag of undies, yeah. Because she doesn't want this filth. And Hyacinth pretends to be, like, Swedish. She's, like, well, yelling she, through the door or she something. She opens the door, and she sees it's Counselor Nunjit, but at the... But Counselor Nugent doesn't see her. She's to be looking away. She's embarrassed. She closes the door really quick. And so in order to try and distract her and get her away, she speaks through the mail slot. And she puts on, it's, it's like a Transylvanian accent almost. She sounds like, yeah. a, sounds like Dracula. It's all in the eyes and the hands. <laughs> it's not all makeup. Yeah. Uh, and so they get Rose to come in and take back her undies. <sighs> she also is hitting on the son that is trying to unload her mother. Right. Now, here's the thing. Yeah. I'm reluctant to express this, but this is our show. Yeah. We don't have listeners anyway, so it doesn't matter. Who cares? But 
the Rose character. When you said she looked like a prostitute, you did not mean a high-end prostitute. No. Like, she is busted and dirty, very unattractive. Yes. They make her, they make this woman look unattractive in this show. Right. And so the character sees the son, sees the old woman's son. Yeah. And immediately starts flirting with him. Yes. Coming on very strong. Yes. I guess what I'm asking is, like, why is this happening? Like, what what are these characters? Well, they're all, at this point, they're all one note. Yes. That, like, Hyacinth is, she's, like, low class, but she's trying to pretend to be high class. And, like, right. everything that she does, everything and how she acts is all driven by that one thing. What are people going to think? Rose is man-hungry. So everything that she does is driven by that one thing. Right. Richard is browbeaten. So everything that he does the is just driven by that one thing. Yeah. It's all one no characters. I mean, and it, it's not to say that that's, that's bad. Like, you can get away with that. I don't know how you can get away with it for five years. Yeah. Maybe there's character development down the line that kind of fleshes out these characters just a, a bit more than, like, you know, she's got to put on a fancy dinner party. Oh no, something went wrong. Yeah, I mean, King of the Hill. If I had to take it, if I if I, I had to make a comparison here, um, like for some reason, Hyacinth reminds me a lot of Peggy Hill. Yeah, where Peggy Hill, especially in the early seasons, was this very bitterly character, this like written character that I think is perfectly written, like. I think she's a she, that's a well well fleshed out character because everyone knows a Peggy Hill. Yeah, that's this like big know it all that constantly tries to get get out on top all the time, but like doesn't have enough self awareness to know how much of an asshole she seems. Yeah, and uh, uh, and I I think it, I think it works, but at the, you know it's like early seasons it seemed a little one note and then it got fleshed out a little bit more and and there's there's a little bit of that in this as well. Yeah. But I wonder because it's a British series. I don't. Th- I don't. I have. Tem- I'm tempted to think it's just the same joke every fucking time. Yeah, that's just my guess. I don't know, Mark. All right. Rose is fetched, and she gets her her, her undies back from Counselor Nugent, and then uh, uh, she goes in and she hits on the son again, and she says, "You know, if your mother marries my father." This will be like your house. So you'll be here all the time. With me. With me and my underwear. And then the son runs away. The son says, Mother, we're going. And she's like, Aww. Nuts. Another one got away. And now, is he give that? I guess the thing is, does he give that response because she's ugly? Yes. Because he's ugly too. They're both ugly. They're both ugly. But maybe he was just, like, weirded out because she was coming on so strong. Yeah, that, I guess that's the thing is, like, I would have liked it more. I would have liked that beat and that resolution because mm-hmm. that solves all the problems of the yeah, show. Yeah, the A plot is then wrapped up. Yeah. I guess I would have liked it more if she was, like, not a prostitute hitting on, not an ugly, busted prostitute hitting on this other ugly guy. If she was just it, being it, really it, forward. Yeah, if she was just being so, like, 
obscenely forward. Yeah, she but he was like, like putting, putting. I don't know what is going on here. Making a lot of crude gestures and that kind of thing. Instead, yeah, it does leave it a little wishy washy because we as we as at least a 2015 audience because British television has a lot of weird looking people in it to begin with, or at least it's a lot different than American television. Like, yeah, if you look at like, I think if you put side by side the British office cast yes, and the American office cast, you're like, one of these is clearly like, Jim is better looking than, what is, what's his name? John Krasinski? Um, Yeah, John Krasinski. John Krasinski is objectively better looking than Martin Freeman. Yes. And I think our Pam is better than, is better looking than their Pam. But that's, I guess that's just an American thing. At some point in the 90s, America decided we only want pretty people on our TV. We want a lot of pretty people. We are not going to have Abe Vigoda starring in a series anymore. Thank you very much. Which is a shame because like... It is a shame. It limits the amount of talent and, and that's it's out all, there. It makes everything look the same. Like there was something actually really refreshing about the fact that this older woman was like heading up this a comedy. Like, yeah. That's crazy to me. I mean, it's like the, the Golden Girls, uh, you know, notwithstanding, like you had, you had a, a, a primarily f- female cast. Yeah. Uh, and um, it, uh, like older female cast as well, which is surprising in any if to to me, or at least in terms of American television. Yeah, I mean, Thirty Rock is heralded as like a female-driven show, but really it's Tina Fey, it's Tina Fey, and Alec Baldwin more than it's Tina Fey and Jane, Jane Krasinski. Krasinski. Yeah, I don't know. It, it was, but it, it's interesting because, like, uh, you know, it's like weird, weird-looking people, and it's, it's the it, it, it lends itself. It seemed to the real. It's, I it, guess. That's that's the thing. It, it lends itself to this like weird-looking cast. Just, and maybe it's my fault for saying. Maybe I maybe I'm bringing my own problems and hang-ups and sensibilities to it by saying like, isn't he leaving because she's ugly? Maybe he is leaving just because of how forward she is. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was because of she. She looked like she smelled bad. Yeah. She does. They made her to not look attractive, like because she's older as as well. Like there's just, it's it's something. Yeah, she's not made up well. Yeah. Outside, the son and the mother drive away. Hyacinth tells Onslow that the charity shop down the street has sleeved shirts that they're giving away at the, at, the, at near giveaway prices. Right, because the whole time Onslow's been wearing... A tank... He's wearing, No, he's wearing a sweater vest, It, it looks like a sweater vest is a shirt, which... But, yeah... It's a pretty he, sick look, actually. She, yeah, I would wear that. I would... I think... I think I might be going to work like that from now on. Onslow's a big slob, and she always... She gets really offended by the fact that he doesn't have anything covering his sleeves. She always feels like he's just out his there... arms are just out, out there. there just yeah. showing the guns. Which in American television they would have written a line like, "Gotta let him breathe, baby." Something, something dumb like something that. Dumb like I that. do like the idea that they that just this this big fat oaf is just kind of living in his big fat oafness, and we're not writing lines to it. We yeah. just get to see. It's more believable than that. Uh, Anzo says, "Oh, great! You can give us a ride then," and, and then jumps in the hops car. in the car. Big laugh. Hyacinth looks. Pretty much directly a camera. Like, what Here am I gonna do? We go again. The end. The end. Keeping up appearances. Series one, episode, episode four. four. The charity shop, or a fate worse than senility. Yes. So that's the show. The 
Mark, what did we learn? British comedies in the late 80s, early 90s were really slow. Mm -hmm. Didn't have a lot of jokes, but had a lot of laughs. Big laughs. Um, Huge laughs. I guess it's it's, Let's it's a comedy of manners, I guess. Yes. Yes. It's in the tradition of, uh, you know, Oscar Wilde stage plays, which if you're making a TV series and you're like, this is a love letter to an art form from 1886, mm-hmm. generally you should reconsider your plan. I don't know. There was, it, it did feel very, I mean, they were afforded the ability to shoot wherever they wanted. Yeah. But it did feel very stage play-like. It felt very staged. It's, it's just, you know, it's a lot of takes to the audience and kind of, you know, you know, lines like big laugh lines that you know are gonna that would that would kill um, in a theater. Yeah. Especially since you know she's all prim and proper, made up, and it's like, oh, now she's gotta, now she's gotta climb that fence. She's gotta deal with this big fat slob. Yeah. I don't know. I um. I I don't. I didn't necessarily like love it, but I didn't hate it. What did you think? I didn't hate it. I definitely didn't hate it. I, I think it has its place, mm-hmm. and I think that for a certain audience, it's it's just the right thing for you. You know, it's you want to tune in, you want to see this character that you understand and that you don't have to think too hard about. Mm-hmm. Just go through her life, and you want to see her with her husband, who's like, Hyacinth, nobody cares if I wear a tie or not. Mm-hmm. It's my tie. <laughs> my shirt this is my shirt my coat Andy Dufresne Andy Dufresne crawled <laughs> anyways I can't do it. I'm wearing a bow tie um yeah and you just get to see this like woman get her comeuppance I don't know I, I guess it's like it's I, I thought that it was a weaker version of Frasier it was like Frasier yes. without the turn yes and and that's I think that's a good comparison is that like Frasier was definitely shot as kind of almost like a stage play as well. They were like, yeah, but it's a three camera setup. So it is, it, is so it lends itself setup. better. You can see how everybody's reacting on stage. I guess it felt like the British didn't understand. And I don't, I mean, think good, good on them for doing a single camera series in the nineties. Did, when did the U S start doing those? Like, Dream On on HBO is that like I feel like that was one of the very first American single cam comedies. Yeah, so, yeah, something like that. Would you recommend Keeping Up Appearances? No, no, no. Hmm. I can't imagine talking to somebody and saying, "You know what? You should watch Keeping Keeping Up, Up appearances. appearances." I say that about a lot of shows, but I have not said it about Keeping Up Appearances. Is do you can you understand why I don't even know this is the, this is the thing is as an American I don't know if this is like fondly remembered in the UK because we only know it because of the fact that it was imported but I wonder if it's one of those things where it's like if it oh, made it over here it had to have been big over there right or are you are you telling me like keeping up appearances might be the British according to Jim yeah yeah that's that was, possible it's on forever. And it's like, or, you know, the Big Bang Theory, where... Or Two and a Half Men, where it's, it's like, it's, I don't know, somebody it's popular, likes this. It's popular, but, like, people who like comedy 
you know, are just like, ugh, no, that's garbage. Why would I want to watch that? No, yeah. I was watching Black Adder or uh, Mr. Bean. Let's just say yeah. Mr. Bean again. Very avant-garde, Mr. Bean. Yes. <laughs> Because we only have a, a small snapshot as to like what British comedy is. Because it's like this and keeping up appearances. Or, or, or are you being served? Benny Hill, uh, the Monty, Office, the Office, and Monty, Monty Python. Python. Yeah, but there's so much more out there. So much more weird stuff and better stuff that Abfab. That's another one. That was on. That's one I can't. I won't. I hate. I've seen a sh- I've seen episodes. I will never understand that show. I see. A, I saw a couple on. They used to show on Comedy, Comedy Central, Central all the time. And I think I'd also, like, Kath and Kim, I think, was another British one that they then yes. tried to import to the U.S. Yep. as the same show, but it had, I forget who was in it, but it had, like, a couple of named mm-hmm. American actresses. Mm-hmm. I want to say it was Alice and Janie and the girl from Hellboy. Yeah. That sounds right. Hellgirl. Start writing. Start writing. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's in in. So yeah, if if you guys know, please let us know. Yeah, is uh, this a good you, British show? All of you, all of our international yeah, listeners out there, all of there. you over the uh, across the ponds, let us know if we're making a huge mistake and assuming that this is what this is the the flag, the height, the standard of bearer of English of comedy, British television, British comedy. I don't know. But what I do know, Mark, is that we're moving on to our next segment. We've spent great pains talking about what we didn't like about this show. Well, now it's our chance to try it ourselves in a segment we call, Well, You You Fucking fucking Do do It. it. Mark and I, and by Mark and I, I mean I. I didn't write pages this week. Sorry, everybody. Have written pages of a potential next episode in the series of keeping up appearances true. Uh, okay so i will play scene direction and hyacinth and you can play cromwell and daisy interior hyacinth's house a splendid dinner party is in full swing hyacinth serves appetizers off a serving tray to representative cromwell note the fine sheen on the stelling tray representative cromwell it's the same polish i make richard use the two look up to Richard, who toasts his glass. A bright gleam comes off his head, blinding guests. Yeah, very good. As you know, I prefer everything to be untarnished, from my voting record to my driving record. I can't stand for any blemishes. Oh, I'm quite aware, Representative Cromwell. I personally bleached Miss Cynthia Galethorpe's Dalmatian myself. There's a knock at the door. More guests coming! Hyacinth opens the door. It's Daisy sporting chicken pox. Hyacinth nearly slams the door, but Daisy catches it. Onslow came down with some dotty chicken pox after eating a sandwich he found at a construction site. Doctor says he'll need bed rest is all. Do you have any soup? No, and you can't be here right now. The representative is here. It starts to rain. Oh dear, I can't be in this ungodly weather. I'll catch my death of cold, I will. Well, the Lord does work in mysterious ways. Goodbye. Hyacinth tries to close the door. Daisy catches it. She isn't going anywhere. Hyacinth thinks. Back in the party, everything is going swimmingly until Hyacinth shows up with a person under a white blanket thrown over her head. Trick-or-treaters are getting bigger every year. Big fucking laugh. So why did you send me 
a little mad. Why did you send me pages from the next episode? We're supposed to write our own. <laughs> I know it's weird. I sorry, you caught me. Yeah. <laughs> I like the idea that they would slug in big fucking laugh. Big fucking big laugh. Fucking laugh. <laughs> That's what the show rang to me of. Of yeah. just like she's gonna have to do a thing, and then uh oh. Now she's going to have to hide her low-class family from this this fucking thing. Yeah. And she bleeds to Dalmatian. Uh, yeah, that was funny. I, I like that. I was I was proud of the dumb British jokes that I think would be <laughs> in this show, that she polishes Richard's head. Yeah. Mark... That's going to do That's it gonna do it for, for this, this episode of Episodic Memories. If you'd like to comment on uh, this episode and let us know all about your sparkling British wit or if the show is well regarded. Give us uh, or give us thoughts on, on Mark's British accents. I was very fond of all of them. <laughs> uh, you know, New Englanders <laughs> have England in the name and they do sound a little British sometimes. <laughs> Podcast at gmail.com is the email address and you can always leave a message at the flickering box dot wordpress.com or why don't you leave a review for us on iTunes iTunes anything else Mark I based my English sure, accent sure. on one of the great English performances mm-hmm. Robin Hood is played by Kevin Costner. Yes, you and you nailed it. It's just like his uh, Bostonian accent in uh, um, Thirteen Days. Thirteen Days, which is again sparkling. What, yeah, <laughs> he he really becomes John F. Kennedy, whoever he is. No, he's oh, not he's, John. He's, he's Bobby Kennedy, right? No, he's not Bobby either. He's, he's a third advisor oh, to the right. Kennedy brothers. God damn it! Bruce that, Greenwood was play, played John Kennedy and. Bobby, I don't remember who played him. It's distracting. It's weird. It's weird, and it's incredibly distracting. When I saw that at the Cinemark in Victorville, the projector was positioned poorly, <laughs> so you could see the boom the mic. Boom. They didn't. They didn't. You're supposed the, to just move it up and close yeah. a little gate over it. And I was like, this is the second most distracting <laughs> thing about this movie. <laughs> We're gonna have to protect Cuba. See you next week at NAB. Come and see me. Please, please practice safety t-shirt camera practices. <laughs> <laughs>